0: All right, hello and hola everyone. Welcome back to Figuring Out the Podcast. My name is Alberto, but my friends call me Albert or Albie. I finally have my microphone situation figured out. So hopefully this is one of the highest quality episodes so far, which I'm very excited about because as always, I have a amazing guest for everybody today it is my great friend, Alexa Stevens. Hello, Alexa. Hey guys,
1: hello everybody. Hi, so Alexa I
0: Alexa and I met in college. Alexa, do you want to give us like a quick like little rundown, first impressions, any um our love you story? Have a lot, you have a lot of embarrassing stories about me, so maybe we skip skip over those and just like, I don't know, our love story like quickly.
1: Yeah, well, you were one of my first friends in because we both were transfer. Uh, pals and so you were one of my first friends when coming to Muhlenberg and I don't even remember what our first interaction was um yeah but uh just immediately we bonded and also we're in the fall musical together which also runs (laughs) together of course
0: yeah Um, naturally.
1: and then I didn't see you for because we went abroad and then when we came back we lived together and then right. we got that sent home. Pandemic. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, pandemic.
0: But-, but something you did bring up that kind of ties to our episode today is that we met in the theater program, which today's episode, and you can probably already tell by the title, is all about body image. And I think it's you know, this is groundbreaking. We have a man and a woman together talking about body image. I feel like a lot of (laughs) conversations, a lot of conversations I've seen surrounding body image exclusively include women. Yeah, Body image is something that men struggle with as well. And it's not just gay men, it's straight men. I think there's this Mm -hmm. misconception that gay men only struggle with body image. And now everyone's like, wait, what did that have to do with theater? Well, I'll tell you, baby. (laughs) Alexa is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal dancer. And she's going to share a little bit about her experience of growing up in dance and sort of how that's affected her perception of body image and that how early in her childhood and early in her experiences, that sort of affected the way she looks at her body, the way she perceives other people's bodies and just her overall confidence and how it affects her. I'm speaking for you a lot. Do you want to take the (laughs)
1: reins? (laughs) You're, You're summing it up pretty well. Um, and also just the fact of how it affects not only cisgendered women, but also everybody. Um, and I think we also touched on it in college. You and I specifically had a few conversations about it, but I'm really excited to delve deeper into it with you today.
0: Yes. Pause really quick. For those of you listening, cisgender means you identify as the gender you were born as. Continue. Continue.
1: The question was to just go back through my life story as uh, just how body image has affected me.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Well, it all. Feel free to take it. Feel
0: free to take it anyway.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, it all started when I popped out of the womb. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But no, I remember growing up from a really young age. I don't even remember. Um, when this specific memory is from but uh, I grew up mostly in ballet for the first 10 or so years of my dancing career Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember being a little girl in my tiny little leotard and tights and comparing myself to the other kids in the class which i mean i was probably around like 6 5 or 6 at this point and i was already I subconsciously doing this in my head um and i don't even think i've ever really talked about that or noticed that until i'm kind of going through it as i'm speaking with you right oh now my gosh. But it is just something specifically in the ballet world that I think is really prominent. But so, yeah, specifically starting with that trajectory of just being in ballet for 10 years definitely put things in a certain light for me. Because a lot of one of my really close friends growing up actually struggled with an eating disorder. And so I was really close to that kind of environment um, from a really young age. And just seeing her go through that when I was also really little and trying to piece things together was
0: How old do you think you were when your friend was going through an eating disorder?
1: I wanna say she started uh going through it probably when we were around ten or so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so yeah, there are lots of specific days that I remember really vividly on that side of things. But I then switched more into the contemporary musical theater, jazz, hip hop, all of those things. I was like, wow, there's this whole other world that exists that's really fun and that I really enjoy. So I ventured more in that direction. And um, generally, I think while it's still obviously a really big issue in the dance community as a whole. I think slowly, especially now, we're starting to see a big improvement in just um, accepting different kinds of bodies on stage and embracing different kinds of bodies on stage, which I think is so important and I'm really happy about. So that was really nice going from that kind of ballet frame of thought to then going into middle school and high school where, In high school, I was actually in the dance company where there were people of just everyone was able. It was all based on your dancing that you did. Nothing was based on how you looked, which I was really happy about. And then after that, there uh, I went to uh, the first university that I went to was one where there were mandated weight screenings.
0: Repeat that. There were mandated weight screenings. At your school. Yes. Can you explain what that is? Yeah.
1: So basically, I don't, my brain suppresses a lot of it, but about around once a month or so, I want to say maybe three times a semester, we would have to be weighed um, by the administration of the program. And that determined whether or not we were able to perform essentially. They were never going to tell us that, was the reasoning behind whether we were able to perform or not but everyone knew in the dance program that that was just the case so that completely like blew everything I knew out the water in terms of just um, all the work I thought had been happening in the dance world and I went from being just embraced and accepted for however my body looked and also doing the same for all of my friends around me as well. Um, And I actually went into that program feeling in the best shape of my life because I had just come out of a series of concussions in high school. But then I um, got better. And over the summer, I was uh, training a lot. And um, I went into my freshman year being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I feel so strong and confident and ready. And um, even feeling that great, the program that I was in just did not support me uh, in the way that I was looking at that time.
0: Yeah. And Not that it matters because it kind of defeats the purpose of what we are talking about. But I do want to point out because I feel that some people might listen to this and be like, well, girl, if like you didn't pass your weight check in, like you could have been working out harder. But I need to clarify. Alexa is (laughs) (laughs) 5'11". She is. I don't want to say the I'm going to use language and I hope if I'm wrong, you correct me. But you are the traditionally what a dance teacher would want from a dancer tall, slim build, of course, and
1: yeah, that um, what what do we call it at the program I was at? We call it the Broadway body, which is right, it's a fucked up term in every sense. And I'm like, everyone has a Broadway body, everyone has a bikini body, everyone has a beach body, all those things, right? But yeah, I felt, but
0: yet still, the administration. <laughs> made you feel like shit about yourself. Yeah.
1: Like I, I literally the summer beforehand, uh, I was working at a fitness club and I would do that. I mean, that's where I spent all my time. I would be in fitness classes day in, day out. And I was like pumping iron, doing all the things, feeling amazing. Stamina was really great. And I got there. I smashed the audition uh, for, the performing, mama. <laughs> for the performing company in my in my brain uh, and so I walked out of there feeling really confident and then the second I saw the list of people um, who made it to company in my class on the board there is a list of probably about 40 people or so and I want to say there are about 45 people in my class who auditioned for the company and my name wasn't on the list and i went through it like four or five times just because i was so confused i was like wait surely there's a typo or something has been wrong." <laughs> not to sound right. co- like cocky or not to toot my own horn or anything i just felt and of course you can go into an audition and feel really good about it and still not get it which i completely that you know that happens
0: but i think too we as performers, you know, my performing days, we walk in and we're taught to know our place in the room. Like you're taught to know when the person next to you just has better as I don't know, as someone who's maybe more of a singer, you're taught to know, okay, that person can sing mm-hmm. two notes lower. He can't sing the two notes that I can sing. So naturally I'm probably going to, this is the way the direction is going to go. You're you're always just taught to know your place in the room. That's essentially what you're saying.
1: Yeah. And also just if there are 40 people who make it onto a list and five people out of like 45 in your class, you audition don't get in. It's just, you start to kind of think about things a lot.
0: Yeah. So I know a couple of the other things you sort of saw while you were in this program and I know you talked about the mandated weight check ins. I would, are you comfortable sharing just what you saw people going through to try and make, I'm going to say the term make weight for said dance company because I'm going to get into this later. But I know with like wrestlers, they're taught to make weight. Yeah, we do the same
1: thing. And so I've actually talked to wrestlers about um, this since. And it's just, it's really interesting to see how parallel some of the experiences are although it's so crazy just because of how gendered it is as well like because it's um the people I talked to about wrestling were all men and so just to hear about their experiences it was interesting to compare it with mine since I identify as a woman and just how like those mentally can contrast a lot just based on how mm-hmm. we're raised in society and how men are supposed to quote unquote deal with those kinds of things. Right. Or
0: men are not supposed to care. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, feel free to share yeah, some sorry, of what you saw as a tangent. No, it's okay. We love it.
1: <laughs> Something I always say now is I didn't realize how wild it was until after I left and I left not willingly, not against my will, but I left because I had to get surgery. The injury that caused the surgery happened because I wasn't eating enough, like, or I wasn't getting enough nutrients, essentially.
0: Again, your actual health was not as important as how you yeah. looked, but
1: so as a snowball. But anyways, yeah, once I took myself out and was recounting everything I saw, it was just wild in terms of, I mean, people would be Running at the gym with, like, trash bags to try to, you know, work off water weight or whatever else.
0: Wrapping themselves in trash bags yeah. to, like, sweat it. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: People would be taking laxatives to try to make things go through faster. If you catch my drift. Oh, yeah. People would be... Just the diets that people had or that I heard about were wild. Um, The BRAT diet was really common and that's one I also participated in actually.
0: What is the BRAT diet? It's
1: bread, rice, apple sauce, and um, toast. It's what is normally recommended when you have an upset stomach and to do for like a day or two. I would do that for normally like five to six days beforehand. But – or actually, no, that's a lie. Sometimes I would do the brat diet. Another diet I would do was, like, another weird, not good combination of um, food that was just not enough to sustain you through a full day of dancing. Yeah, all the diets that people would do, we also discussed all of those between us as well. Like, I remember so many times if someone was looking really great or just – we if there was someone who we found out had gone through a lot to get to how they looked all of us would kind of circle around this person and be like so what's your secret like what did you do to get to be this way or what was um your fitness routine what were you eating and all these things because so many people were just looking for ways to kind of fit that mold themselves and it was just wild to me how we put these people up on pedestals and now how much I know that they were actually really struggling as well through all
0: of it. Yeah. Well, something you said is that actually really resonated with me is you would all rally behind the person and say, well, what's your secret? How did you get to be at this point? The reality is something that kind of crossed my brain. That person probably still felt that they had not achieved the ideal body And they were probably standing there thinking, what are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I don't have the ideal body. I don't have the Broadway body that this institution is talking about, which is something that gets to be so dangerous, I think with body image. And we can go on forever about how social media (laughs) amplifies this, but truthfully, and I see it with myself too, not to, you know, change the focus, but I see it with myself too of just people will say, wow, you're looking real good and i i'll think no i'm not like I, I i just came back from mexico and i was eating like tacos and burritos every day and tres leches cake and so i was far. drinking like a sailor what are you talking about and so it's it's kind of this messed up thing of like it's just never going to be enough it's never i'm never going to look good enough it's
1: also just that body dysmorphia that kicks in as well i think of not Correct. recognizing how you actually look um which i definitely experienced too while i was there i mean I came home for Thanksgiving that first freshman uh, fall semester. And I remember my friends, my family, everyone being like, oh, my gosh, you look so skinny. Which, of course, yeah. also feels good to hear because that's what my I've been wanting to hear from my administration this whole time. And so right. to finally hear it from my friends and family I'm like oh okay this probably means I'm on the right track meanwhile I'm still not you know doing the things that my I should be doing for my body in terms of eating and
0: well that's that's the thing you're like but I'm not healthy yeah yeah. But I'm not healthy. I'm eating bread, rice, applesauce, and toast, yeah. which is just bread again, just cooked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Like you're not treating your body properly. You're not listening to your body and what it needs. And it's just you're probably Oh, I mean, actually
1: it's bananas, no sh- not bread. What am I saying? It's bananas, rice,
0: applesauce. Oh, rice. excuse me. Then this diet is totally <laughs> valid. <laughs> oh, why did you start with that? <laughs> no. Um, no, that's still Terrible yeah. bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. Like that's you're not listening to your yeah. body at that point, and you're probably so malnourished, hence why you had this foot injury yeah. that you had to leave school for yeah. because your body, you're just you're not treating your body or nourishing your body the way it needs to right. be.
1: Yeah. Um, and so when I came home and heard them all saying those things, it just I didn't feel like I was making any progress. So then to come home and hear that, I was like, oh, OK, maybe things have been happening. And now I look back on pictures from that Thanksgiving and I'm like, oh, my God, I was just yeah completely just oblivious to how far yeah. how much I spiraled since I got there over, you know, the two months that I was there.
0: I think it's crazy when you look back on old pictures of yourself, you think, damn, wow, yeah. I, I looked like that. Like I, it's sort of humbling yeah, and totally. shocking because I think, I remember, I think I've made for myself at least, and you know, you have talked about the extreme things that you kind of saw. I remember at points in my life where I've thought, oh gosh, I look disgusting um you know and we always say to ourselves oh i look so fat and people would think what the f- you're not fat why are you telling yourself that but it's just this internal critic we have in our brain and we're focusing like you're saying with body dysmorphia on all the parts of our body yeah. that are not picture perfect ready for a magazine right and or in your eyes I at look, least yeah in your eyes or you look back on some pictures and you're just thinking what the fuck was I telling myself? I
1: know, I'm like, I I mean, not not this era at all, but like other eras, it felt (laughs) amazing. I'm like, I took that for granted. I was not feeling good in my body, but now I look back and I'm like, wait, I looked amazing and felt amazing.
0: Well, first of all, you still look amazing. Oh, it's not, stop! Don't don't get it twisted.
1: I I feel great and yeah, I mean I feel confident now as well. But I'm saying just especially growing up and in middle school and high school and like we've been saying and you know the performing industry, it's a normal thing to just be questioning your body at all times. But um, now I look back and I'm like, why was I so? It just felt like the end of the world to not. i there's a whole period of time where i wouldn't wear uh short sleeves or shorts because i didn't want anyone to see like my the rest of my body but
0: yeah and i think too i mean there's guys that won't take their shirts off because they're or they do and they're insecure and uncomfortable and i think there's there's a whole there's a whole issue about how we're just not talking about that men also deal with body dysmorphia yep. and body image issues. And I just remember growing up, there was this kid, and he was always bigger. He was just always heavy set, mm-hmm. and kids that was his shtick. And kids would te- poke him for it and tease him for it, and but he went along with mm-hmm. it. But you could, as a people person, I knew it bothered him. I could just tell it bothered yeah. him that that was his shtick. And I remember in high school. He, someone had told me that he'd gone on a diet, but then it became the shtick where all of his friends were like, oh, he's on a diet. We'll see how it goes. And it's just like, clearly this person is struggling with their image and girl, if you want to listen, if you, I do believe you should take care of yourself and exercise and eat right. Yeah, of course you should do those things for your body. But when you're, act, you know, wearing a garbage bag to the gym and eating banana, rice, applesauce and toast, uh, that's not healthy. That's a problem. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to shame that because that's the what the institu- institution was pushing on you guys. But I remember that and just thinking, you know, that's not cool. Just because he's a guy, it's cool to make fun yeah. of his weight. Because I've ch- certainly struggled with body image issues, and even my straight friends. I remember in high school, I had a friend. He would eat a protein bar all day and then eat dinner later. What? And he'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is just what I do." And I was like, "If you were a girl, they would." Flag you for having anorexia. Yeah, I mean, like that. No, that's. But because you're a guy, it flies under the radar. That's why. And I'm not trying to listen. Men, listen. Men have had it easier in this country than women. <laughs> I'm not trying to deny that. No, but body
1: image issues in just the men's uh, lens is so much uh, less discussed than just through everyone else, which I think is really important to recognize and I remember this one experience in high school where I was watching a basketball game and um someone on the away team was just a really tall lanky boy and someone in the stands I forget if it was a good play or bad play something happened that this tall guy was involved in and someone on our home team yelled in the stands eat something and I was just like it's so, it's so distasteful. And it also just, it, it goes both ways with specifically men can't win. Cause I feel like they're, you know, we're taught that they should be big and built and all this stuff. And if you're not built that way and you're trying to, or if you're not trying to, and that's just how your body is, it's, um, kind of a vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. I mean, something too, you said men can't win. That's something I've actually talked about and I maybe should have talked about in the culture episode where I feel something I've shared is that in Latin Hispanic culture, the desire is to be more plump and in American culture, it's definitely more desired to be more lean and ripped and, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I always have struggled with this like diaspora and more so in my teen years, I think now in my twenties, I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> fuck that like I'm gonna just look what I I'm gonna look like what yeah. I look like <laughs> and exactly. so and I remember I would work out and eat right and I'd go to I don't know school and I was the desired American body type and then I would go home and my abuela would be like and no shade to her this is just how we're raised she'd be like Ay, que pareces muy flaco, que no pareces bien. which is like you just look so oh. skinny you don't look good yeah. like you need to eat something and even it's, and it's unfortunate that you just living in, and no one's and everyone's trying their best. You know, I'm not trying to say right. like my grandma's not a terrible person because of that. That's just no. how she was raised. And for them, truthfully, they're like, no, you should have a little meat on your bones, like eat something. And so, you know, they just want you to look well fed. And it's your grandma. She wants to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember just always kind of struggling with that. And then it's like, well, I just don't feel you're just never made to feel like enough. And it's sad because it's like, well, I go to school and I feel too heavy and then I go home and I'm too skinny. So what's the answer? You know what I mean?
1: Sorry, I was just going to say back in the back in the olden days, um, it was normal to be or not normal. It was uh desired to be more plump because that meant that you had more wealth in your family and just were able to eat more and stuff like that, like back in the Victorian times and stuff like
0: well yeah and I'm sure when you're coming from a country like, you know, Cuba where there's no food, like
1: (laughs) they want you to look a little more
0: plump. (laughs) But I think too something I want to go back to a little bit is that you had said you'd seen girls wearing garbage bags and abusing laxatives. I remember seeing guys in high school when they had to make weight for wrestling, literally not eating for days. And I saw someone pass out in class in front of me because he was trying to make weight for wrestling, pass out, smash his head on the ground, got a concussion, whole thing. Because he was trying to make weight and hadn't eaten in so fucking long. And it's just, but again, no one, it was just like, well, he's trying to make weight for wrestling. And obviously we knew it was messed up, but no one batted an eye. eye. Well, when he fell over, there was a couple batted eyes. (laughs) In that classroom, there was some batted eyes, but it wasn't, to me, there should have been a conversation of, I mean, granted, I don't know what went on behind closed doors, but why wasn't the wrestling coach like, guys, again, I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but from what I can imagine, I don't think this conversation was actually had. It should have been like, guys, It is not that big of a deal if you don't make weight.
1: If anything, my institution was endorsing it by the fact that we weren't able to have any food or drink inside any of the classrooms. Um, Wait, right?
0: What? Yeah. So if like you showed up like without eating breakfast, it was like, sorry, you didn't eat breakfast this morning.
1: Yeah, we could only have it in the locker room, which, I mean, we were only... Well, good
0: thing you guys were only allowed to eat bananas, because those are a pretty (laughs) movable snack.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty stealthy, pretty secretive. Uh, No, I don't... You wouldn't catch me uh, pod-brewing across the room with a banana. (sighs) I would be... My scholarship would have been taken away, which Mm. is also true, because if we broke any rules, that was the case. So, not only did they use rules, but they also used scare tactics of threatening to take away you know money that was being used to pay for your education so I only got water during my dance classes on we had one break per class maybe because there was a water fountain and so everyone would line up at the water fountain and you would you know take a swig or two and then have to go in to class again but you didn't want to stay there too long, or else you'd be hogging it from the other people before. Building that we water weight, girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it's just I had an experience not in public like that where he passed out, but the day maybe twenty-four to forty-eight hours before uh, away, and I, or maybe maybe just twenty-four hours, I would uh, not drink water or eat just so I could try to make weight as best I can and let go of all that water weight as well.
0: I would like to point out that water is one of the six essential nutrients that your body needs. Yeah. So you were literally denying your body water to make weight, to try and get on said dance company and have the Broadway body, which again, I don't, I don't want this to come off problematic or type of way, but you are, you are, you have a dancer's body. You have a dancer's bill. I mean, we're saying everyone has a dancer's body. Everyone has a Broadway body. Fine. But you still, even in the traditional sense, have that body where a traditional old school teacher would be like, she is a dancer. I want her on my, on my company team.
1: Oh, I want you to be my professor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, for cuz I feel that someone might listen to this and be like, "Oh, well she's probably, you know, not the stereotypical dancer body, but it's just I, I don't know if I am I saying something wrong like you are." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, then the yeah. What do you would think which then just plays mind games with you even further when it just wasn't the case because I just didn't make the weight that they wanted me to be, so um yeah it was it was wild, and well, what I was gonna say to the point of the kid passing out in class is that um because of that lack of water for the twenty four hours before, which I have dance classes from like nine in the morning until four five, six at night. Um, there was one day that that happened to me behind closed doors, basically, in a certain sense. of I just was so I had to like hobble back home to my dorm. Oh my it was a gosh. terrible experience. But it was, it's definitely a scary thing of just having that kind of thing happen, whether it be for wrestling, dance, whatever. And maybe administration not being like oh my goodness this is a crisis that we need to do something about Literally. but rather kind of uh endorsing it like i was saying earlier just rewarding you if you are to do things like that i think is the issue
0: exactly and i think too i think this also speaks a lot to what is an eating disorder and what is disordered eating because yes. An eating disorder, I think the three main ones we talk about are anorexia, which is not eating at all, bulimia, which is binging and purging, so eating a lot and then th- throwing it back up or abusing laxatives, and then uh, just binging, binge eating, which is just eating nonstop. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and the one I've mentioned, I think, beforehand, but I don't think is discussed enough as well is orthorexia, which is uh just an obsession with clean eating and oh. an obsession with um maybe I haven't mentioned this before but yeah I think people associate eating really well with just like a healthy lifestyle but there is a point that it becomes excessive as well um that people just are obsessed with eating a certain way yeah and counting calories certain...
0: to just an insane yeah, extent exactly.
1: yeah Exactly. Um, Which can also get bad. Yeah.
0: I think for me, I don't know that I've necessarily had, oh gosh, I'm about to get vulnerable.
1: (laughs) Vulnerability! Men don't be
0: vulnerable. That's not a thing. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Men don't cry. No, that's not a thing. I'm just a statue. Um, But... (laughs) I mean, I've definitely struggled with disordered eating. I remember as young as like 14 at one point feeling really insecure about my body because your body's going through changes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember just being like, I'm having a smoothie today and that's it. And being like, this is good. And if I felt hungry, this is so messed up, but I felt, if I felt hungry, I was like, well, that means I'm like shedding my baby fat and that's good. And I remember at certain points when maybe I was more active, if I had a slice of pizza, and I'm. This is something in my adulthood. I've definitely gotten better at not being like I'm. I'm allowed to have a slice of pizza. I'm allowed to have a cookie, and I don't have to no, tell literally. myself I'm fat. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna be on my 600 pound life tomorrow.
1: not <laughs> gonna mean that you're gonna run a marathon tomorrow.
0: <laughs> literally. But even I remember at times in high school, I you know definitely didn't have an eating disorder, but I could probably count a time two three where I ate a lot of pizza or ate a lot of dessert and was like well I'll just go throw this up later and the fact that I was just so nonchalant about it and didn't care is a problem and I think people people are probably going to listen to this and be like well that I think is standard of gay men and it's like no I actually know I know straight men that have done bingeing and purging and I know straight men that have done anorexia and again because they're men and again men have, you know, traditionally had it easier, so I'm not trying to like let them completely off the hook, but the reality is these are issues that affect men and women and non-binary people, it affects everyone. So yeah. why are we why are we ignoring it?
1: Yeah, no exactly, that's the thing. Um
0: even on my and even on my social media still, like if I post a bathing suit picture, which you know I love to do,
1: Oh yeah, we love a thirst
0: trap. <laughs> no, it's just for me. I don't like. I don't need people to see it. It's just for me, and other people can watch. It's
1: a thirst trap for you. You look at it and you say, "Oh, that?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. But even still, sometimes I'll post a picture and be like, "Hmm." I could have looked a little bit better in that one or I could have, you know, my, my stomach wasn't completely that, you know, my arms could have been bigger and this, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like hot
1: all the time, which oh, I, I don't have to tell you, but, it's,
0: it's <laughs> but no, but it's a reality of like,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, well like 200 people are going to see this. So I better, whatever, look snatched.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, I think it's so real of just the constant self nitpicking of uh, looking at yourself and being like, oh, this is something that I should change or, oh, you know, this looks different from how I thought it looked. And it's just it's so weird looking at yourself in a mirror Versus looking at yourself in a photo versus how other people perceive you. Mm -hmm. I think all three of those are just such different realities. And so it's like your brain is constantly trying to figure out which one it aligns with. Exactly.
0: And I've actually read that what you look like in photos and in mirrors is not actually even accurate because it's a flat still. Uh, Have you ever heard this? No. It's not even accurate because it's a flat still. And it's flat and it just, it's not fully accurate.
1: That's so interesting. I never thought of it that way, but that's true that there's not the dimension there to really mm-hmm. kind of emphasize just your structure, I guess.
0: I was just going to say, you know, this is the Figuring It Out podcast. It's everything I know and everything I don't know. So you've talked about, you know, now, you know what you know now, having gone through all those really rough experiences. What do you think you're still unpacking and still learning for yourself? as a 25
1: 25 in two months oh 20 three
0: months a 25 <laughs> and two months adult what do you think you're still figuring out what are you still unpacking and how do you think your experiences have affected kind of where you kind of currently stand with your body image and the way you perceive body body good adi, adi.
1: question body adi yadi. um Something I always say is once you've gone through an experience like I did and just I think growing up in this industry once you've gone through that or anything similar of just constant quote unquote body surveillance I haven't used that term yet um, in this episode but oh, I love it that is, yeah something that I use a lot to describe it because it is just constant body surveillance but once you've gone through that kind of experience, I don't think it ever leaves you. And I don't think that Mm. experience I had will ever leave me. I've talked to so many other people from this school and they feel the same way. I've talked to people in their sixties and fifties who have gone to this school and they still feel the same way as well. I was talking to one guy who is in his, I want to say, maybe his mid-40s. And he told me that he celebrated because he made the weight that they wanted him to be at that age when he turned like 45 or something like that. And then he was like, wait, it's wild to me that I'm celebrating that and that I still remember that number. And I know I'm going to remember my number that they gave me for the rest of my life Wait, they gave you a number
0: for the rest of your life?
1: Just as in um, a number to... Aim for, oh my gosh. They gave me. Everyone has like a a goal, a weight goal.
0: How unrealistic was this number because you are 5'11?
1: It's not unrealistic, okay. but then once I hit that number, they lowered my number. And then once I hit that number, they lowered that, Wait. that number. So it's just
0: like. Okay. Well, see, this is where it doesn't make sense because muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah. So does. So, you literally could be building muscle as a dancer in your legs and in your stomach and yeah. be uh you could be heavier but have the body that they want, but yeah. ultimately they don't care. they just want the number
1: yeah what I yeah, Good. I don't understand. I mean, they would tell us in feedback sessions to work on our silhouette unquote." That would be when I would go to uh, the feedback session for my semester of ballet and how I did, it wouldn't necessarily be about the, you know, my technique or anything. It would be work on your silhouette and <laughs> then we'll see you next semester. That's
0: like literally telling a baseball player, it doesn't matter that you're batting a 0.35 average, which is pretty solid. Actually, that's really good. Okay. Baseball knowledge. uh, Thanks dad. Uh, (laughs) He's going to listen to this and be like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or he'll be like, that's incorrect. (laughs) Um, But that's like telling a baseball player who's batting a 0.35 average, which is really good. Work on your butt. So you look better in the pants.
1: Mm. Like
0: that is so ridiculous to me that the fact that they didn't even, they didn't care about your technique. They didn't care how flexible you were. They didn't care what, how many turns you could do or how far you could leave? Yeah. They cared about your silhouette.
1: Right. Yeah. And so I went on a tangent there, but basically things I'm still unpacking are just how I carry that experience with me on a day-to-day basis. And I think what you were just saying earlier about like, I can have a piece of pizza. I will, it's not the end of the world. I can, you know, have a drink it's not the end of the world I can yes
0: you can eat fruit besides banana (laughs) I'm still stuck on it I'm like really like not even a kiwi
1: yeah well it was either that one or my other go to was for breakfast I'd have a protein bar lunch I'd have a cup of spinach and like five cherry tomatoes oh calm down cookie monster (laughs) The dinner, I would have a singular uh, chicken like patty. Yeah, chicken
0: breast. Oh my gosh. That's literally. Oh,
1: yeah. I've been pescatarian for too long. <laughs> chicken patty.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's, mm, I think we're all still trying to figure out how to unpack and unload our body image. And like I mentioned that's before, it. I don't think social media is helping. I think for me, the one thing that maybe I'm still trying to unpack pack fix is as we've said not critique myself and just accept my body however it is that day because ultimately your body changes day to day depending on what you ate did you have a movement that morning um (laughs) what truth even just like You might just be bloated. Who knows? Water weight. You know what I'm saying? So just trying to accept where it is each and every day and just loving myself unconditionally and accepting where it is each and every day. And also I've learned, and you know what? I'm a human being. I'm imperfect. I've learned to stop critiquing other people's bodies because that is something we've all Mm -hmm. done. And I'll admit it. My name is Alberto Michael Garrido and I have critiqued other people's bodies. So you know what? I will own it. And I will tell you that I've been trying to stop because That's you should not, you are so much more than your, it sounds so basic. You are so much you know, more than the so way true. you look. I've just learned to stop critiquing other people's bodies because ultimately the way I speak about other people says so much more about the way I speak to myself. If I can't speak to other people, yes. like if I can't accept, well, you have to be able to accept and love yourself fully but it goes, both ways. It, it goes both ways. If I'm looking at other people's bodies going, well, at least I don't look like that. Or like if I'm critiquing someone for being overweight or whatever, then what's going to happen when ultimately I look in the mirror at the end of the day, you know, you mm-hmm. point your finger and there's three fingers pointing back at you.
1: Whoa. I've never heard <laughs> that one. Really? A oh, one. is it good one? Um, Yeah, that I think that's really good and really important to honestly. Lots of self awareness there, in terms of just you know, being like, okay, I it's the treat others the way you would want to be treated, and treat yourself the way you would want to. There's a saying in there somewhere, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, want to be treated as well. But I guess that is counterintuitive. I think, in terms of just unpacking things, something I'm also working on most consciously is not only just accepting and embracing myself, but doing it in the most radical way. Mm. Especially have so many people having so many people in my life who are younger that than me that I know look up to me.
0: I think. Essentially, what you are saying is, you know, I'm thinking about how you said in ballet class, you were standing there comparing yourself to all the girls at six years old, and your friend was going through an eating disorder at 10 years old, and I was not, you know, I was having disordered eating as early as 14. You know what it is? Be the version of you that the younger version of you needs to see, and I think that is such such a beautiful summary and that pertains to a lot of things in life. But I think absolutely with body image and accepting where you are and what you look like, that is, that is such a strong, impactful, resonant saying we're all healing our younger selves and loving ourselves. We're all works in progress. And I think that's such a good place to wrap up. Otherwise Alexa and I will go on about this probably for like three hours
1: <laughs> we will. I'm like, what, is yeah, what day is
0: Where can people find you on socials? This is something I've been forgetting to do at the end of every episode, but if you want people to find you, uh,
1: people can find me on socials on Instagram at Lexa Stevens, L E X A S T E V E N S.
0: Her profile picture is her eating a banana. <laughs>
1: That would be an interesting innuendo profile uh, <laughs> so picture.
0: Yeah, actually never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um yeah, that's where people could find me. And also if you have any questions about this kind of stuff, if you want to talk about it, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm always here to listen or chat or anything about any of this as well.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, look at you making a little community.
1: Of course. In my little
0: community. Gotta stick
1: together. With you. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: you. Thank you so 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 much for coming on. I will Thank talk you to so you much soon. Thank
1: you for having me. Thank you for sharing
0: your experiences. Of course. you like. <laughs> Thank eas- you for sharing. Oh, thanks. All right.
1: <laughs> we just love each other.
0: So- <laughs> I just love you. <laughs> no, I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but I love myself too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we love ourselves and each other
0: oof okay all right thank you so much for tuning in everyone ciao ciao, ciao, Bye. ciao. thank you so 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 much for tuning into the podcast this week thank you for making sure my mom isn't the only one who tuned in if you like this podcast please be sure to leave a review and follow and share with all your friends until next time everyone ciao ciao